0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian. This is the daily Bible study where we get together. We study God's word for 1% of our day, then head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio studying through the Gospel of John with you, and we are starting a brand new chapter today, John chapter 9. It's going to be a good one. Before we get started, I want to invite you to download our mobile app. We have a free digital Bible. If you go to SOH.Church, if you go to your Android store, your Apple store, you just type in Sound of Heaven, you'll find it there. More than a digital Bible, it's got a lot of great resources, including an online community. So you can chat with us, you can uh, pray with us, you can ask questions. It's really awesome. And if you're listening where you get podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe, set your notifications so you don't miss anything. And never forget the power of an invitation. Let somebody know that you have been follow, following along with a great Bible study and that you're getting a lot out of it. And it's amazing what happens when you get into God's word, right? It changes your life. I hope that uh, over the last couple of weeks that Our study here has been blessing you. The feedback that I've been getting has been good thus far, and we are going to continue. So John chapter 9, I feel like I've been saying this over and over again, but things are really heating up, right? We just came out of John 8, and it pretty much ended with the Pharisees picking up stones, ready to stone Jesus, because why? He said, I am. He said, I am. And what do you mean by that? That's what God referred to himself as in Exodus. So speaking to the chief priests, there was no question that Jesus was putting himself in his rightful place as God in the flesh. And it made people very mad to the point where they were going to stone him for blasphemy. And then as we see Jesus makes his way from the crowd Because his time had not yet come. So now in John chapter 9, we find Jesus. Now, did he say, all right, well, I saved this woman. I taught some good stuff. I'm going to lay low for a while. No, Jesus didn't lay low. He kept going. He kept going. And that's something that we can take for ourselves, right? That we don't have to lay low. You know, we get out of one situation, we go to another situation, and we just keep professing what God wants us to profess, right? We just keep being the person that God called us to be. So let's see where we start with John 9, starting with verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So the disciples, they're they're walking with Jesus and they see a blind man and it notes specifically that he was blinded from birth. He's never seen a day in his life according to the scriptures here. And the disciples' first inclination was, "What did this person do? Not, how can we help?" Now you would think that they're traveling along with Jesus, and Jesus is healing people. He's taking a couple of loaves of bread and some fish and feeding five thousand people. He's doing it. If it were me, right, I would be looking around, and as if I saw anybody that was, if I saw somebody who had a hangnail, I'd be like Jesus this guy's hurt over here. I'd want to see as much as possible, but they don't, they, they, they're continuing down this way. They're stuck in their culture in a sense, because to be blind, especially blind from birth, it was denoted as some sort of a curse. Somebody must have sinned to have caused this to happen. And Jesus is uh, correcting this. And, you know, the, the Jewish people in that time believed in a lot of different things. They believed in sometimes, uh, and don't forget, part of the things that would get them in trouble is that they would go into different places and they would adopt some of the cultures that were going on around them. But they believed in some cases with pre-existence. They believed in reincarnation sometimes, uh, superstitions. They just kind of adopted this from the world around them. But Jesus corrects it. And he says, this man hasn't sinned, nor his parents, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, this may seem like, so this guy's blind be, to prove something for God. And I want to I wanna just say this, because I, I was really meditating on this uh, before. What Jesus is saying, it's not his fault that he's blind. It's not his parents' fault. And I can tell you as a dad who has uh, a little one with special needs that sometimes I, I, I'm just being real. I've asked the question, like, what did I, is there anything that I did now? I know well that that shouldn't be, I shouldn't be saying that, but it's something that is almost like natural. And we go through this stuff when, when, you know, we have mishaps, when we have challenges in our life, when, and sometimes we do things that mess mess our life up. We make mistakes, right? But in cases like this, where this man was born blind, Jesus is saying, nobody did anything for this to happen. And I I think sometimes we want to make sense of it, right? So, So it's like, it must be that I did something or somebody did something so that this happens because that's a tangible way. We do this when somebody passes away too, right? We Bring it on ourselves, and one of the things that we feel is guilt. Why do we feel guilt? Because we want to make something real. We feel like this shouldn't be the case, and we want to take it onto ourselves because if we can say, I should have done this, I should have done that, then maybe we internalize it and we make it real. We make it tangible, something we can grab onto, even though it's a situation where we really can't fathom it. I don't know why I'm going into this. This wasn't planned to go into this this direction. But I also want to say this because I have been marred with guilt in my life at different points when somebody passes away and I think about what I should have done. And I just want to say that if somebody passes away and you feel like you did everything that you possibly could have, it's probably not the case, right? We never fully approve. We're in this temper. We don't think anything's going to change. So we're in this temporary life and we act like nothing's ever going to change. so do we ever really treat people the way that that we could? i mean, look, we strive for that. i don't think anybody that i've ever cared for could ever leave this earth and me say, "oh, i did everything i couldn't have been better." That, that's not that's just not realistic. but i also want to say this. if you think about the guilt sometimes you feel, i feel i'm speaking to somebody right here. the guilt that you feel about what you should have done. i want you to put the roles reversed. If it was you, they're in heaven. Now, I want you to realize being in heaven, now, not only are you in the glory of God, you have all the knowledge that you could ever, ever want. You are in absolute bliss, glory with Jesus, and you look down and this person that you love so much, you love them so much that you are here, like guilting yourself. Would you be up there in all that, saying, Man, I hope they feel bad about the time they didn't call me? the time they didn't do this, the time they didn't. Do, would you be up there hoping that? No, you would, you would say, listen, I'm good. I'm awesome. I And I am okay. You live your life. I forgive you. And you know, what? one day you'll be here too. And we're there a lot longer than we are here. Now that was something I'm going off on that I didn't plan to, but I feel it on my heart that, that this, some of you are feeling so heavy on yourself and you're blaming yourself. And that person is there with Jesus saying, it's okay. Take from it. Learn from it. Do the best you can for everybody around you. And we're all going to be here in eternity with God together. Regret, and I touched on this the other day. Regret is like an anchor on your leg. It is like a burden that God doesn't want you to feel. Because on a long enough timeline, all of us don't make it out of here. But what we do through Christ is live eternally with him and with each other. So that's for somebody out there. But so now now I got to get back into our teaching. Okay. Love you guys. All right. So verse four, it says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming and no one can work when no one can work. But while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And after this, he spit on the ground. He made some mud with the saliva and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So he spits on Jesus, spits on the ground, wipes it in the man's eyes, and says, Go and walk. Now, this is a little bit different than some of the other uh, healings, right? He would just be, You're healed, and they'd be healed. But what I really appreciate about this was God did his part. Jesus did his part, did what he needed to do. We could talk about why he spit on the ground. It could be about what made from dust and clay. There may be some symbolism there. But what I think we should pull out of this was God did what he needed to do. And then the man had to take an action of faith. He had to then walk down to the pool, which, by the way, if you do a study, it was not close. He had to walk far. Uh, Johnny at uh, Sound of Heaven does a great message on this, and he had to walk, and he had to walk blind, still blind. Would spit on his face, probably thinking to himself, "I just let this dude spit on me." <laughs> like this is nuts. So, we're because we're coming up on the one percent here, but I want to point out that he had to take an act of faith. I had a uh, a mentor, uh, John, uh, Tommy Tommy Smith. Right, maybe Tommy's listening now. I know Mike Smith is, and it was him. It could have been him. Could it? Could be either. These guys were integral in my life, and they would say things like, "Pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends on you." Right, because both are true. God hands a baton to us and says, "Hey, listen, I've I've laid the path out for you. Walk it." And that's what happened to this guy. He walks down to the pool of Siloam, which, by the way, in 2004 they found this pool when they were digging up in, in the ground in Jerusalem, another story for another day, I could go for a long time, but this is the 1% Christian, right? We, we try to stay within a frame to the best that we can. So he goes down and then he comes home seeing and his neighbors, those who had formerly seen him begging formally this whole life. said, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg some claim that he, he was, Others said, "No, nah, it just looks like him. But he said, insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, there was a man called Jesus who made some mud and put it in my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. And Siloam means sent. He sent him down to wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I, I don't know, he said. So this guy's never seen before. He walks away and he comes back and he's first time he's seeing anything, let alone which direction Jesus walked in. Well, tomorrow we're going to go through what happens next, because now the word gets back to the Pharisees and you're going to see what happens. It really hits the fan at this point. But a couple points I want to make here that we can take from this is that if there's something that, that goes wrong in your life, yes, sometimes we make mistakes, but there are some things where you got to look and say, this is not my fault. And what did Jesus say? It, this happened so that God can be glorified. We don't want to hear that. But here's the truth of the matter is, who does not have struggles in their life? We're all going to have issues and challenges and struggles in our life. What did Jesus say? He said to this, in this world, you may have tribulation but be of good cheer. Why? Because I, he has overcome the world. If the son of God will walk this earth and he will be persecuted and he will be um, downtrodden, beaten. Think of what he went through on the cross. If he went through all that stuff, we're going to go through some stuff too. But what Jesus is saying is that it's not your fault, but it is an opportunity. And for this man, he had a disability. But there is no such thing as a disability when you trust in his ability. I'm not trying to get preachy with you here. But if you trust God, the thing that is meant to take you out becomes the most amazing testimony in your life. Be willing to realize that Jesus already did the finished work. You just got to walk down to the pool. You just got to walk it out. And that's the second point I want to make is that God does his part and we walk it out. So be ready to walk it out today, knowing that Jesus on the cross already did the part. The victory is already yours. It's already yours. You already have it. But you're going to have to walk it out because faith without works is dead. And you've got the same creative power in you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. So take that where you go today. I keep saying it. Be bold with who you are in Christ. Amen? So let's pray, but Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that we go into this day just feeling free and feeling ready. Lord God, sometimes we are struggling, just like this man. This man was blind and he was begging. Lord God, and sometimes we feel like that. We don't. We can't see what's going on. We don't understand. We're just hoping somebody helps. Maybe we feel hopeless. But here you are, Lord, to put your hands on us and heal us and set us on the right path. Lord God. So today we declare in your name that you've already done the work and we're willing to walk it out in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, and I will see you tomorrow as we continue through the Gospel of John with chapter 9. I love you guys. Have a great day.